0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game. Let's see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 276. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to May. I waited all day on May 1st for my May basket to show up on my doorstep. And none of you brought me one. I'm a little hurt, frankly. And, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get over it. Honestly. Although, really, are may baskets a thing anymore? You know, when I was a kid, you'd, uh, you'd do a Dixie cup. Are those things anymore? Dixie cups? And put jelly beans in them, and some of that fake plastic grass that you had left over from Easter, and, uh, you know, you'd go leave it on your friend's doorstep, and then ring the doorbell and run away. Nobody does that anymore. At least, not that I know of. So, uh, you know The times, they are a changing man, and I don't like it. Anyway, uh, I will proceed through the show with no jelly beans and uh, and be all the worse for it. So, sorry, should have brought me a bastard. Because it's in my notes, it's been up there for a couple of weeks now, but it's still in my notes, so I'll remind you. Over on the Patreon for Atari Bytes, there is a free video. You don't have to even be a member of the Patreon, although I hope you'll consider it. There is a video of my first time playing Circus Convoy from Audacity Games. Want to go check that out? Watch me stumble through a a terrible performance on a game that I literally take out of the box for the first time on that video? You can do that. Let's see. We got some feedback from Michael Tyler. Speaking of the Patreon, he commented over on the Patreon page. Referring to Time Pilot, the game from last week, he wrote, Time Pilot was featured regularly on Starcade. In fact, it's the reason I started playing Time Pilot at the local bowling alley and actually got pretty decent. The increase in difficulty as the game moves on makes sense because you are shooting enemies with improved technology until the Flying Saucer stage. The 2600 version is surprisingly decent and playable, but not as fun as the arcade version. It seems like, for the most part, not as fun as the arcade version is a comment that you could pretty much apply to any Atari port because the technology was different. Uh, So it's not a knock, necessarily. It's just kind of the reality of one technology versus another. I'm sure I mentioned in the Time Pilot episode, I don't have a lot of memory of playing Time Pilot as a kid. I probably did. But I know I certainly never played it enough to get good at it, as was clear from my performance last week. As far as the difficulty levels, I I don't know. Uh, granted, I didn't get very far in the game. Maybe it becomes more apparent later. But I didn't notice a whole lot of difference in the three types of ships. You know, the, the uh, monoplanes and biplanes and flying saucers. They all seemed... Other than looking different, they all seemed kind of the same. But again, I was playing at a very low level. Maybe it becomes more more apparent later on. But logically, what you're saying is correct, right? More advanced planes should mean they're harder to attack. Although you're in some sort of futuristic time ship or something, so theoretically, your technology is already way better than those other ones. It should not even be an issue that you can wipe them out. The fact that you can't suggest that you need to talk to your futuristic uh, mechanic and say what the deal man get me some better weapons we're the future thanks as always for your comment Michael thanks for supporting the show on the Patreon and if anyone else would like to support the show on the Patreon we'll talk about that at the end of the show
1: Question What does Jason say? He says stuff! What does Jason say? Lots of stuff What does Jason say? Or maybe a little stuff What does Jason say? He says stuff! Jason says stuff it's exclusive.
0: If you've been listening to the show the last few weeks, it will shock you. Shock you, I say, to know that Patreon supporter Jason Schiffman had stuff to say this week. Here is some of that stuff. I believe commenting on the Time Pilot episode, he wrote, Tremendous show. I can see that with the addition of What Does Jason Say to your lineup, that the actual content of Atari Bytes has a brand new swagger that hasn't been demonstrated since the earliest days of the show. Um, thank you? Therefore, aside from the amazing little strawberry-flavored sparkly gems delicious of deliciousness and endless wit, you get the added benefit of the adrenaline shot that my segment provides the rest of the show. I also appreciate that you allow me the chance to freely express myself, and so do our mutual fr- fans. Boy, Jason, I don't know that I would call them mutual fans, necessarily. But, alright. Which is likely all of them. The big challenge is now coming up with a nomenclature to describe our mutual fans. Certainly... Jason Biteheads or Atari Jasonites really doesn't work. Perhaps we can just call them Minions? Yeah, I think you might have lost a few people there, Jason. I will have to call Trump there there goes a few more people and ask him when he is finally done playing the RetroN 77. Wait, I just got a response. He mentioned that Time Pilot got the Millennial Combat all wrong and that nobody wants to hear from the 18th game. Oh yeah, he concluded with What does Jason say is now the fastest growing side bit in American history. I struggle with the idea that Trump knows anything about American history, frankly, but we'll leave that there. Oh, and then uh, Jason, uh, I guess in the spirit of the show, as you guys who've been listening for a while know, this podcast, I consider this podcast less a gaming podcast than it is a storytelling podcast. And Jason got in on the spirit of that with his own short story. Bug Problems, a short story by Jason Edward Schiffman. I tried to keep a positive attitude about my time on Retron 77, the little-known planet outside of the Trumpian galaxy. However, it finally became too much to bear. The planet was made famous by its repeated mentions on numerous podcasts, but they failed to mention the jangly, short-snouted beasts called bugs, who were strangely all-female. How they multiplied was anyone's guess, but it was most likely due to some strange crossbreeding done by the mad scientist known only as Pepper. Bugs would creep along the surface making an odd metallic jangle, and often the sound was the last thing the victims would hear. Razor-sharp talons would greet anyone who dared to hold their ground. These brutal carnivores could easily excise flesh from bone in mere nanoseconds, and would primarily hunt in small groups known as bug packs. This planet sucks, I screamed over the radio, and a very official-sounding response assured me that it was only going to be a short while, until the transport ship was going to save me. Every second seemed like a lifetime, and I could feel the hot breath of the bugs get closer as they tore through each layer of our planet's defenses. Finally, the rescue ship appeared. What a vision of beauty in a brutal landscape, littered with rancid cow snouts and giant slabs of doo monkey gonads. At a loss for words, I tried to imagine... What would Jason say? But soon realized that he only said stuff, and stuff wasn't really topical, to surviving this godforsaken planet. Sometimes he said lots of stuff, other times a little. But all in all, there was nothing that could really help me deal with what was going on all around me. I frantically ran to the rescue ship in my ticket back to Earth and a family that I hadn't seen since I was an elite member of the time pilots. Upon reaching the ship, I realized the pilot had already been devoured by the bug packs, who had already chewed all of the ship's control modules, thereby rendering the ship useless. I thought to myself, this is bad, but it still beats listening to doo-wop. As the bugs tore through my suit and began to tear deep into my flesh, I drifted into a state of shock and fell to the ground, thinking that this planet sucks. As my review of the show to Jason when he sent that, I, I told him that it brought a tear to my eye, but that bug, my dog was not impressed because she's heartless. Jason's takeaway was that uh, he sensed that, and that's why bug packs are coldly efficient killers.
1: Question! What does Jason say? He says stuff! What does Jason say? Lots of stuff! What does Jason say? Or maybe a little stuff! What does Jason say? He says stuff! Jason says stuff!
0: Alright, thanks everybody for the feedback and the short story. I always like hearing from you guys. Jason, you've made Bug a Star, so thanks for that. She'll get an even bigger head than she already has. Alright, let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is This Planet Sucks. This was a uh, homebrew, basically, a uh, self-published game by Greg Troutman back in, I believe, 1998. And you can find it over there on Atariage. You may be able to find it other places too, I'm not sure about that. It was evidently inspired by the Taito arcade game, Lunar Rescue. There's a manual for this. It's very colorful. Um, the first page of uh, the cover, I guess, says, This manual sucks. And it's got an adorable little uh, space dude standing on a, on a rocky uh, cliff of some sort. This planet sucks. Stupid colonists. They see an ad for a good fixer-upper planet opportunity with unlimited mining potential. And do they read the small print? Heck No. In this case the small print reads, highly active volcanic outer crust with a massively unstable core. This is where we come in, risking our necks to pull these poor saps from their ill-advised purchase before they depreciate with it. If that wasn't bad enough, this dense asteroid field could be hiding, well, anything. So the object of of this game is to pilot your lander craft down onto the platforms where a colonist will run to you and get on board. Take off and bring him back to the mothership safely. You can only carry one colonist at a time, so you need to make a complete round trip for each one. You start out with four lander vehicles, continue saving colonists until you crash your last lander, at which time it's game over. If you fail to save at least one of the three colonists during one round, such as they all die during your rescue efforts, it's also game over, regardless of how many landers you have in reserve. Consider your pilot's license revoked. Start a new game by pressing the reset button, launch the lander from the mothership by pressing the fire button on your joystick. At that point, gravity takes over, and the ship will free-fall. Press the fire button to use your rockets and move upwards. Move the joystick left and right to control your lander horizontally. You can move diagonally upward by pressing the fire button and either left or right uh, on the joystick at the same time. The effect of gravity will cause your ship to slow down and coast upward for a brief time after you release the fire button. It will take some practice for you to master control of the lander craft. I can attest to that. Um, We get a little diagram of the uh, screen... Can everyone see in the back? Seriously, are you guys still playing with your Dante Dart lighters from last week? Really? Actually, no, that was like two weeks ago. Let it go. Give up the sigs. Anyway, so at the top of the screen you have the mothership. Uh, you have three platforms of varying heights. At the bottom of the screen with cute little colonists. Uh, one little, cute little, one cute little colonist on each platform, kind of waving at you. Hey, over here! And then in between, floating in the air, you have what I. Finally realized on the in the field report spoiler. I've already done the field report. After listening to the show, you should have figured that out by now. Uh, that I do the field report before I actually record the show. I know spoiler. So the little flying enemies uh, floating around look like Mick Jagger lips uh, without the tongue from sort of the you know the famous uh, um, Rolling Stones uh, icons and whatnot. The kids, go ask your parents. So those are floating around a lot of them almost too many to be fair, frankly. Jumping ahead to the review portion. And then uh also at the top of the screen you have your score, you have your fuel gauge, the mothership, I said that already. There's you. Your ship's kind of cute. I was trying to figure out what it looks like. It looks like I mean, it looks like a, an old-timey Doctor Who robot for one. I don't know. I have a clear image of the ro- of the robot or ship that I'm thinking of, but I, I can't come up with it right now. If you guys check out this game and you're looking at your your uh lander and you can tell me what i'm thinking of um read my mind let me know because it's kind of bugging me i have a clear image of this but i can't i can't come up with it right now but anyway uh, and then at the bottom of the screen there's a status bar showing how many ships you have in reserve and then there's an outer atmosphere populated by the asteroids an enemy spacecraft and an inner asteroid or landing zone consisting of three platforms You receive points for each colonist you take on board, the colonist on the center or large platform is worth 5 points, the left medium platform is worth 15, the right small platform is worth 50. At the end of each round, which lasts until all three colonists are either rescued or killed, you may receive several types of bonus points. A 250 point perfect round bonus is awarded for returning all three colonists safely to the mothership. You receive one point for each unit of fuel you have left remaining at the end of the round. You also receive a bonus for each colonist safely returned to the mother ship. This final bonus varies depending on the round you have just played. Round 1, 10, 20, basically goes up 10 points every round, and then round 6 and above is worth 60 points. In addition to the 250 points for a perfect round, the above bonus scores are all tripled when you save all three colonists in a round. Playing tips. Don't touch any other flying objects. As the game progresses, asteroids and enemy spacecraft move more quickly. Also, watch out for missiles fired by the enemy. Missiles move laterally as they fall to the planet's surface, but they disintegrate when reaching the inner atmosphere. Your lander, as well as the colonists, are safe from missiles when in the landing zone. The enemy craft combine to shoot only one missile at a time, so if you are clear of a missile, but it is still visible, you can safely navigate beneath enemy ships, which is highly risky when no missiles are currently visible, because then they will poop on you. Honest to God, it looks like birds pooping when they shoot their missiles. That's me, not the manual. Keep an eye on your fuel gauge, which I did not do, frankly, because there's too much going on to be staring at your fuel gauge. But that's one of the helpful hints, anyway. Keep an eye on your fuel gauge. When it hits zero, you lose a ship, and any colonists unlucky enough to be on board at that time. Fuel is consumed by either upward or sideways motion. Moving upward consumes a bit more fuel, and moving sideways, and moving diagonally, upward consumes fuel fastest of all. Obviously, the less fuel you use, the higher your score. Learn to land and return uh, as fuel efficiently as possible in order to improve scores. Don't land at full speed, you'll crash and die. It took me a long time to figure this out, so I kept basically free-falling onto the platforms, and then I would lose a ship and, until I finally realized, oh, I have to make my landing softer. There's no telling which direction a colonist might run to next, so you have to be just try for the best position you can and hope he doesn't run for your ship before you actually land. Ignore dead colonists as their twitching bodies are of no use to you. And it is creepy, man. Because they do. You crush them, but they're still kind of waving. Like, ow, ow, it's only a flesh wound. I am fine. But they're not fine. Don't try and land on the surface of the planet. It's molten, and your ship will explode. The three platforms, there's no, unfortunately, there's no actual explosion. You know, No reward of getting to see a cool little Atari explosion. You just lose the ship. Learn what a soft landing, a safe landing is by experimentally tapping the lander left and right and landing just on the edge of the platform. This is a useful skill in avoiding accidental colonist squashing. I'm going to make a t-shirt, and I'm going to say, it's going to be like one of those little uh, signs they put up in factories. It'll be like a box for the number, and it'll be like, Days since accidental colonist squashing. One of the enemy spaceships will never shoot at you. Figuring out which one will help simplify the docking process. And that is how you play... This Planet Sucks from Greg Troutman, 1997.
1: I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com, that's S-C-H-N-O-O-K, podcast.com, and I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your
0: way. As I noted earlier, apparently this game is inspired by Lunar Rescue, which I don't remember at all, but this was a Taito arcade game released in November of 79. The gameplay has some resemblance to both Taito's own 78-hit Space Invaders and, I don't really see that, and Atari Inc.'s Lunar Lander, released several months earlier. A number of clones co-opted the original title, such as versions released by CRL Group and Liversoft for the ZX Spectrum and allegata for the Acorn Electron, and BBC Micro. Clones with different titles include Meteor Emission from Acorn Soft for the BBC Micro, Meteor Emission 2, Big 5 Software for the TRS-80, and broader buns Stellar Shuttle for the Atari 8-bit family. Lunar Rescue is not included in the compilation Title Legends 2 for PlayStation 2, Xbox, and Microsoft Windows. Looking at a screenshot for Lunar Lander or Lunar Rescue. I've already forgotten what it's called. Lunar Rescue. And yeah, it looks a lot like This Planet Sucks. Gotta be honest, I like the title This Planet Sucks a lot better. Very colorful. You got the mothership at the top. You got, they are not Mick Jagger lips. They look more like actual little Atari spaceships in the atmosphere. And then the platforms down at the bottom, etc, etc. The game starts with the player's spacecraft docked inside the mothership, at the top of the screen, below the mothership's an asteroid field, and below that, the surface of the moon. I guess you're on the moon, not on a planet. There are three platforms which can be landed on and six stranded astronauts so there are six instead of three. Player must press the button to release the spacecraft from the mothership and maneuver through this asteroid field. The craft can only move left or right, or use up a finite amount of fuel by engaging the thrust to slow its descent. If the craft landed successfully on one of the available platforms, one of the astronauts will run toward and board the craft. The asteroid belt now changes into a swarm of flying saucers, some of which drop bombs. Player must guide the spacecraft back up to the mothership. The craft ascends without using up fuel avoiding the flying saucers. The thrust button is now a fire button, which can be used to shoot at enemies above, as in Space Invaders. Okay, so that's where they get in Space Invaders comparison. I still don't see it. Finally, the craft must be docked with the mothership using the bay opening. If the side of the mothership or any part of the ship outside of the opening is hit, the rescued astronaut falls to the surface and dies. Well, that's kind of dark. If the mothership is missed altogether, the craft explodes. After all six people have been rescued or killed, providing the player still has lives remaining, the game starts again at a higher level. So there you go. I can totally see why one inspired the other. I don't know specifically why Lunar Rescue proper wasn't ported to the Atari. Probably someone more knowledgeable knows that, but I don't. I guess, jumping ahead to my review, I am happy that we have it for the Atari in some form, and I'll talk more about that later. Evidently, this was uh, Troutman's first game for the 2600, and he also did Dark Mage, which I have not played. The video game critic gave the game a D, as in the letter right before F on a grading scale. Don't write to me. I know that in the alphabet, letter E comes in the middle, but you don't get grade E on a letter report card. You get D, and then you get an F, and then you get yelled at at home. Wait, hold on. I might have been looking at the wrong game. Just a minute. Sorry. I was looking at a different game the video game critic gave this planet sucks a grade of B actually as in the grade right after A in which you don't get yelled at but you don't get cake and ice cream you just get one or the other Uh, they say here's a fairly new lunar lander type game with outstanding graphics the graphics are about as good as they get on the 2600 colorful vibrant and high in resolution control is decent i'll just pause there in the field report you might have noticed a little bit of flicker on the screen That's not totally bad videoing. It's, uh, I was having something weird going on with the flicker. I don't know if it's something with the ROM that I downloaded or my TV screen or what, but there was probably a little bit, uh, so apologies for that. Control is decent, the review says, but it's a bit too easy to accidentally crush the little guys you're trying to save. Progressing through the game, the asteroids begin to transform into aggressive aliens. This is a challenging game that requires patience and precise control. Neither of which I have, frankly. All right. Speaking of patience and a lack of self-control, after the break, we find out just how much I suck. Okay, does this planet suck? Well, that's open to debate, but we're here today not to solve that problem. We're here today to find out if this planet sucks the game. Sucks. Or not. Um, we're having microphone issues today. So if this sounds a little funky, well, more funky than usual. Uh, that's why. So apologies for that. I am sitting in a really awkward position so that the microphone will pick me up and the game. So if my gameplay is terrible, well, it's mostly because I'm terrible at this game. But it's also, at least partly, to blame. Uh, on the fact that I am sitting in a weird position, so with that disclaimer, let's play. This planet sucks. This might be a gratuitous shot in my head. I'm not sure. Very colorful. Uh, it's tricky landing. The- Dang it. Uh, the free fall thing is tricky. Uh, the field is full of stuff that wants to kill you. A little colonists down on the uh, platforms are cute. I like them. All right, let's try another one. If I can find a relative opening to drop my guy. Uh, For those of you listening to the audio, I'm in a mothership at the top of the screen. Colonist? Oh, I squished a colonist. Oh, that's disgusting. Sorry. My You can stop waving. That's gross, man. Get out of my way, weird little Mick Jagger lips. That's kind of what they look like. Little uh, Mick Jagger lips floating around the screen. Kids, go ask your parents. (sighs) Get up there. The manual talks about watching your fuel. I'm not exactly sure how you do that. Yay! I picked one up. Now I gotta get back up to the mothership. (sighs) This is exhausting. No wonder this planet sucks. You people are exhausting. Oh. Some bird poop tried to drop on me. I guess that was an. Ah! I pooped when that guy shot me. That was gross. Not me, literally. My ship on the screen. Okay, me, literally, a little bit. No, I don't want to land on that one. I want to be over there. Hey, colonists, get out of the way. You saw what I did to that other guy. I'm about to get got. Seriously, get out of the way dang it I crushed that guy too well now what do I do I crushed two of the three guys how do I get to the next screen uh I've not had this scenario uh oh I can't lift off oh wow I can't believe I'm not dead yet oh now I am Was that my last guy? I guess it was. I could do another round, but honestly it wouldn't be any better than this one. I rescued a guy, wait did I make it all the way back to the ship? No. Oh. I rescued a guy in a game I played before this game started and it just makes a little noise and, uh, and then you start over again. I have not gotten to any rounds where I rescue all of the colonists on this screen so I can't tell you what that's like. It's unlikely if I played again in this field report that that would happen. So, I can definitively say, yes, this planet sucks. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What
1: about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy you'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either itunes stitcher google play music player fm or from our website at xegs 8 bitcom that's x e g s the number eight bit.com and when you're done listening please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in
0: hey let's take a break from you listening to me talk so that you can listen to me talk Hell's Cereal Very Short Stories Fortified with Essential Syllables is the new short story collection from, well, me. Every box, or book, is chock-full of bite-sized stories in every genre from sci-fi to fantasy to literary fiction to cheesy spy stories and everything in between. Zombies in love, twisted car races, and the aforementioned devilish breakfast food are just some of the tasty bites you'll find. Toy surprises? You bet. How about social commentary and the meaning of life? Pizza a ring any day. With both funny stuff and drama, Hell's Cereal gives you the marshmallows and the toasted oat flakes. Oh, and words. Lots of those, too. Pick up Hell's Cereal, very short stories fortified with essential syllables, wherever you'd like to get your books. Not cereal. Here's the thing about This Planet Sucks. I really like this game. It's cute. It's fun. The stuff on screen looks really good. It's challenging. If I had a knock on it, I'd say it's almost too challenging. It is next to impossible, frankly, to get all three colonists. Maybe if I spent hours and hours and hours with the game, and maybe that's the point, uh, I could do it. But it's really, really hard. I do appreciate the uh, sickness factor of the fact that you can crush the colonists and they're flattened on the platform and they just kind of wave at you. That's kind of creepy in a fun way. The Mick Jagger lips, though, are too there's too many of them and they're too aggressive in the early levels to uh, to an extent that it almost is unfair i think but that said the game is fun enough that i want to keep playing to see if i can get past that and maybe i can and that is of course the mark of a good game if you guys have thoughts about this planet sucks or if you actually do think this planet sucks let me know contact me in one of the ways that you can contact me which we'll talk about at the end of the show
1: It's story time on oh, Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time
0: with Bill. This week's story is titled, Sucked. Let me have a puff, Beltran said. Get your own, Prell said, taking a long drag. That is my own, Beltran said. I paid for it. Prell extended his auxiliary arm and offered the finest weed in the galaxy to his partner, who snatched it from him with her own extra appendage and inserted it into a vent that emerged in her torso. The two extraterrestrials closed a dozen eyes between them and leaned back on the bumper of their interstellar transport, parked now in the courtyard of a long since shuttered motel, relaxing after a stressful day. This planet sucks, Prell said. Beltran inhaled deeply, then exhaled through her posterior. She shaped the smoke into small cubes, which she stacked neatly beside her for future use. "'It's not that bad,' she said. Pearl laughed. "'Well, it, w- it was that bad until we showed up.' "'Yeah,' Beltran agreed. "'It sucks even more now.' She laughed. Pearl did not. "'Seriously,' Pearl said. "'These humans are better for our kind of being here.' A young man with perfect facial hair skateboarded by, fist-punching the air. "'Yeah, this planet sucks.' F the fascists. Confused, the aliens pumped the air in return. I still don't get Earth greetings, Beltran said. Why bother, Prell said. This planet is doomed. What happened to... It's better for our presence, Beltran needled. Seriously, pinpricks of light bounced from her eyes into Prell's forehead, feeding him. Whatever, Prell said, suddenly sullen. You want another hit? Beltran said, a jet of slime sending the space joint over to her partner who took it worthlessly and inhaled deeply the vent sacks along his back glowing a grateful orange. Go back to Mexico, stoner! The woman in in the electric car screamed out her window as she drove by. What's Mexico? Beltran asked. Prell shrugged. So anyway, this planet sucks, Beltran nodded. When we get back, Prell said, are we going to put in the report that we addressed a joint session of the American government's governmental congress? Beltran chuckled. You think they'll believe it? Prell shivered. What was with that little pot of sweaty gibbering in the back of the hall? They seemed to speak with one voice, Beltran said. But they said nothing. To be fair, Prell said, pausing to regurgitate a video game console, and a loaf of avocado toast, which Beltran then swallowed, then continuing to say, The humans have been decent enough to us. Hey! The tall man with the unmanicured beard and the t-shirt that didn't quite cover his belly barked, waving a cell phone. Don't make me call the cops. Look, I know we're aliens, Prell said to the man, but... Not that, the man said, still screaming. That stuffed crust pizza box is full of carbs. Um... Prell said, prehensile claws wrapped around the box. That's not a violation of your planet's laws. No, but your spaceship is on the delivery car, Beardy said. And I got more deliveries to make. The aliens both detached their heads, which floated down to the ground level to see that, indeed, a rusted-out Volvo was flattened beneath their interstellar vehicle. Is this your transport? Beltran said. No, I just want it, Beardy said, pulling out a gun, which Prell used infrared rays to melt without incident. Beardy ran away, still screaming he was going to call the cops. This planet sucks, Prell said. It appears we did destroy a human's transport device his partner pointed out. Prel thought about this for a moment. Sucks to be human, he finally said. That's a very human response, Beltran said. So it seems, Prell agreed. We should go, Beltran said. The time winds flowing through her eye stalks. This planet sucks. Beltran stood and stretched. The symbiont within was grateful. You gave the human nation leaders the codes, correct? She said. Tried, Prel said. They wouldn't take them. They need to know, Prel. They will, Prell said. Beltran was irritated. Well, what could she do? She extracted the remote control from her ventral sac. Well, we should at least test it before we go. Prell shrugged and pooped a bit. Human scientists would have a great time analyzing that after they were gone. Beltran entered the the codes into the remote and activated it. The Grand Canyon became deeper. Parts of Florida, Siberia, and that one house on every street that won't take its trash bin off the curb after trash day is over were pulled underground. This planet really does suck, Pearl said admiringly, setting the remote control on a tree stump. The two aliens flew away back home, leaving only cigarette butts and massive poops as thanks. Seems about right. Hi, this is 8-Bit
1: Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari Podcast, and you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes Podcast. When you are done here, come visit us, In the Vertical Blank.
0: Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme and the Jason Says Stuff theme. This planet might suck, but no, it doesn't suck? Apple Podcasts. Your mileage may vary. And neither does this show. Your mileage may vary. So leave a five star review of the show over there on Apple Podcasts. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, check us out on Instagram. You can also call us, leave a voicemail, because I'm never going to answer the phone. 563-265-1978, say pretty much whatever you want, and there's a pretty good chance that I'm going to play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com, where you're going to find information and links to episodes of the show, social media, all sorts of good stuff for Atari Bytes, and for my other show, it's a podcast, Charlie Brown, you can also find over there information and a few links to some of the places you can order books that I've done, including Hell Serial, very short stories fortified with essential syllables. If you want to support the show, you can also head over to the Atari Bytes Patreon page and uh, become a subscriber there to uh, help keep the lights on here in the podcast studio. You can also, if you're there and a, uh, a member, you can hang out with these fine folks. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeda, Sean Courtney, M. West, Jim Gobel, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., and Jason Schiffman. My thanks to one and all, but they do require some monitoring. So if you guys could go sign up for the Patreon and keep an eye on them, that would be greatly appreciated. All right, we're just about out of here. All that's left is to tell you next time on Atari Bites. Tooth protectors. We're going to take a bite out of that one, sink our teeth into it as it were, Maybe nibble a little bit around the edges if we're kind of tired. I don't know. But it's going to be a mouthful, that episode, I'm sure. So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.
1: Okay.